Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Podcast. My name is Matt Harmon. Uh, Yeah, I'm once again taking a hosting chair from Liz Loza because she is off being famous again, signing autographs, taking pictures, kissing babies, whatever it is people of great fame and status do. But I am pleased to be joined by Thursday regular member Dalton Del Don. Dalton, how's it going, man? It's going well, Matt. Nice to nice to talk to you, man. It's been too long. Yeah, no doubt. I, I mean, it feels like the season is is it's in it's in its point you can disagree with me if you want but this is a point where it seems like it's at its longest to me uh the couple weeks here before thanksgiving i don't know those we need this downhill slide a little it's true but at the same time i can't believe we already end to week 11 it has flown by but uh i hear you and it can be a grind and i know that you're you're traveling as well this week so uh yeah it's definitely a crazy time of year for sure yes we will discuss fantasy football live going on the road to new orleans in just a little bit but right now i want to ask you in keeping with the weekly tradition here on thursday i want to ask you about nick mullins uh nick mullins took his first l of the season against a very bad giants team on monday night football are you still a believer in mullins mania dalton where is your head at with this 49ers quarterback situation Nick Mullins gets so much disrespect. Uh, our producer, Brett, <laughs> misspelled his name on the outline that you're looking at right now. So I was at this game, which is why partially yeah, you're bringing you this up. Uh, there were some shaky uh, pass interference calls in the, that final drive, but it was actually a pretty entertaining game. I don't know how that came across on TV, but the crowd was into it. Uh, Matt Breida looked healthy. Crazy. That guy is the most 20-plus yard carries in the NFL this season. Watching Beckham and Barkley in person was fun. I have kind of corner end zone seats and the, the Beckham touchdown and the, the late Shepherd score were right in front of me. So uh, I lost a little bit of money on, uh, wagering on that, but uh, I'm also mm. glad San Francisco kept uh, its draft pick status down. But uh, yeah, Nick Mullins, I think he solidified himself as a QB2, you know, for, for San Francisco, but he turned into a bit of a pumpkin uh, there uh, in front of a you know, second primetime game. A couple bad picks, especially. Yeah, no doubt. It wasn't as exciting as his first showing, obviously, which I don't think anybody is expecting as bad as the Giants are. They're at least a real NFL team uh, side cough at Oakland there. To me, the exciting part about watching that game at home was this San Francisco 49ers team just has so much good, explosive young talent. I have a lot of questions with what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, you've got George Kittle, you've got Matt Breida. Obviously, Marcus Goodwin is a really good wide receiver in his own right. They have a lot to build around Dalton. They just got to start kind of stringing some wins together. But it's nice to see that, like, 
another quarterback goes in there and just keeps producing because I do really believe in this uh, Kyle Shanahan offense. Yeah, there's a local writer actually said that Shanahan's job was on the hot seat. Oh, yeah, I saw back. that. Give me a break, man. Uh, uh, it takes a lot of me to actually get upset with like beat writers, but that one <laughs> did. Like, I, it actually got to me and I almost like responded to the guy, but whatever. Let's not talk anymore about that. It's so ridiculous. And, and you're right. George Kittle, so exciting. Uh, one of the few things that has gone right for San Francisco this year actually stayed healthy. So, man, I hope he stays healthy when the rest of those weapons do return, too, because monstrous season could be in store. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, 2019 should be fun. Again, just want to start seeing him string together some wins. But that's enough about the 49ers. That's enough about Liz Loza's fame and wonderfulness. Let's get into some coffee talk here. Coffee talk. Boom. Here we are. We're down at the... I just... I want to give myself a shout out here. I just got myself a new coffee table, Dalton. I don't know if you're following me on Instagram, but I was posting many pictures. I got one of these coffee tables that has the lifting tabletop. Life-changing. Life-changing. Let me tell you that. Uh, The lifting tabletop coffee table. But so we're sitting down at the lifting table top coffee table right now and we're going to get into some of the big storylines of the uh, NFL right now and the first one is Cooper Cup out for the year with a torn ACL Uh, the Rams big slot receiver will miss the rest of the 2018 season now we've already seen a little bit of what this offense is going to look like without Cooper Cup and we saw Josh Reynolds really slide into a top three wide receiver role for this team that runs out a ton of 11 personnel Dalton, do you expect Josh Reynolds to match Cooper Cup's production, or are you better off with some of these other wide receiver threes? How's this situation going to break down? Well, first off, you better like Kramer get a coffee table book to put on your oh, yeah. yeah, for mentioned coffee table. But uh, oh, yeah, yes. I'm curious to see how much this, this moves uh, Robert Woods to the slot now. I mean, I, I put Reynolds uh, at my wide receiver 32 for this week for, for some perspective. So like a wide receiver three, certainly I wouldn't expect him to match Cooper Cup's production. That, that would be expecting quite a bit. But obviously the... Uh, the matchup here is, is right for Monday night, but um, I would just I, I'm bumping up Woods, I'm bumping up Brandon Cooks on my rankings. I, I even Gurley might get more receptions. Higby and Gerald Everett, the tight ends, were quietly getting a little bit more involved even before Cup went down. Um, so I think all of them get a, they 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 receive some of this uh, production with Reynolds being more of a wide receiver three, not not what Cup was doing. Yeah, so in a game obviously on Monday night where it's pretty much just play all the dudes, uh, everybody right. that you got, throw them out there. I think. Reynolds is somebody that you're considering. I didn't get him on any waiver wires, didn't bid high enough. Uh, People are obviously very excited. Now, let me run my side theory by you here, Dalton. Obviously, as you mentioned, last time we saw this team lose Cooper Cup, they pretty much just continued to run their offense. They threw Robert Woods as the slot receiver, and Josh Reynolds became a pure outside receiver. Now that they know this is going to be a more permanent absence throughout the rest of the season and into the playoffs, hopefully for the Rams on the way to a Super Bowl run, do you think there's any validity to my thought that they might actually make Gerald Everett into their new Cooper Cup because Cooper Cup basically plays like a big tight end, like a tight end role. He's a big that big slot receiver. And let's not forget Gerald Everett, was a Sean McVay favorite. He was Sean McVay's first draft pick when he got to be the coach there. He called him his version of Jordan Reed. Uh, tight end is a, is a wasteland, man. Do you think there's any reason to be excited about Everett as a possible play on Monday night against a Chiefs defense that struggles against a tight end position? 
Yeah, former uh, second round pick Everett. Uh, I think maybe they liked Woods a little bit more to the outside. So that's very interesting uh, theory you have. That offense didn't go quite as well. They had a big bit of a hiccup, as you'd expect, losing a player as good as Cup to injury. So that could absolutely make some sense. Uh, as I said, they were throwing to the tight end a little bit more to begin with, although Higby's there as well. But this is one of those games in which start all your players, the highest over-under ever, and the tight end position is a joke. So um, I- I'm with you there because it-, it does make sense because uh, that position is open there in the slot and Everett could be, at minimum, make some noise in the red zone. Yeah, again, it is hashtag start all the dudes. So I think we have to have some storylines uh, to, to break down here. And that's one matchup that I'm watching. Uh, someone we will not be watching here in the 2018 season is one Le'Veon Bell. I want to clear the record with you right now, Dalton, that the hashtag Matt was right on this on the on our rundown here was written by uh-huh. producer Brett, not by me. Oh, no, I definitely I definitely thought myself that you you for sure wrote that. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, if if anybody is familiar with me back to other podcasts I've used to, to do, you know that I am a serial not reader of the rundown until I absolute ha- absolutely have to. So uh, luckily, our, our boss here, Chewy, has has beaten that out of me. Uh, but on this subject with Le'Veon Bell, I don't really know that there's much of a fantasy take here because he's obviously gone. But. I mean, it's pretty much just James Conner the rest of the way. But I want to ask you, what do you think is going to happen with Le'Veon Bell next year? Um, Both in obviously depending on where he signs, but in fantasy, do you think people will be able to look past this? Because I got to tell you, there's a lot of hate out there for Le'Veon Bell in the streets. Yeah, including myself. I had him in two leagues and in one of them, I was able to turn him into Alshon Jeffrey, Chris Thompson. It was like a 14 team. I also had McKinnon in round two in that that league about a month ago. The other I held on to Bell. So win some, lose some. But I, I mean, obviously, it just depends totally where he's going to end up. And it's not a chance it's going to be in Pittsburgh again. But with his skill set um, and the running back landscape, although right now, if you look at it, suddenly we're like super deep. Like mm-hmm. there's there's like 10 deep, really stud running backs options this week. And that's with six teams on by. But in general, I would be surprised if Le'Veon Bell wasn't a first or second round pick next year, right? Yeah, I would say he's probably in the fringe of that range. I mean, you have no idea what he's going to look like coming off a year's absence. You always have to remember that. But. You know, this is still. Yeah, he was overweight. Yeah, I mean, he's overweight. I mean, obviously, he's not coming off a lost season as far as injury, but there'll definitely be some skepticism. So it's just too much to speculate now. Just totally a thousand percent depends on where he signs. Yeah, and back in Pittsburgh, you know, obviously they love James Conner. They have, I think, for the second time, proven just how replaceable a running back is when everything else is right for a team. You know, like the Pittsburgh Steelers with a great offensive line, a Hall of Fame quarterback and the best receiver in football and plenty of other complimentary weapons are able to just drop in yet another running back who's, who's definitely really good in his own right and get that sort of production. I will tell you, though, Dalton, as you said, you know, there's no no chance that uh, he's back in Pittsburgh. And that's probably true. But it does at least sound like this was somewhat of like neither team uh, by, by this point in the season. I don't think either one of these two parties wanted anything to do with each other anymore. I don't think the Steelers wanted him to come back. I think they're fine with this scenario. They don't bring a headache back. And I think Bell, obviously, this is what he wanted too. maybe there's a small, small chance he returns to Pittsburgh. But again, I doubt it. Yeah, anything's possible. But Connor has looked so good. Maybe he suffers some crazy uh, ACL terror, too, and that changes Ugh. the landscape. But um. Let's not put that that out in there in the air, man. (laughs) Let's not put that bad juju out there. 
Sorry about that. If you're if you're an owner, but um, I uh, you'd probably rather me you'd you'd less prefer me say he's going to ball the rest of the year. He'd be more likely to tear it if I were to compliment him. But anyway, <laughs> I I hear you with, with with Bell, and I have been bored with the situation and not paid attention to the contract, and I'm still confused. Was it the right situation or not? Obviously, it depends on perspective and it, and where he lands his next contract. But personally, I'm just ready to move on to the whole situation. I'm just it's just kind of kind of boring at this yeah, point yep, for I, me. I'm totally with you. So let's move on right now to something that I actually think is really an interesting discussion, and that's the Baltimore quarterback situation right now the discussion out of Baltimore obviously if you're on fantasy Twitter last weekend you could not have had more people tweeting about Lamar Jackson that he was going to be the starter out there because Joe Flacco is dealing with a hip injury right now John Harbaugh has called him a game time decision at the beginning of this week I would doubt that Joe Flacco plays but we also don't know if Lamar Jackson is going to suit up if he's going to be the backup quarterback Dalton if you had to put your money on it right now who and you know only you only got to put like a dollar on it because come on I'm not asking you to be crazy here but who do you think is going to be under center for the Baltimore Ravens in week 11 taking on the Bengals yeah, so Flacco's obviously an option. So he has a 6-0 and uh, tight end interception, sorry, touchdown interception uh, at home ratio this year. But the lowest YPA since he signed that big contract, what was that, back in 2013. Everyone wants Lamar Jackson to start, and I agree with him. Now he's missing practice with a stomach issue. But if I had to predict, it would be RG3, wow. who hasn't thrown, I mean, he hasn't thrown a pass in nearly two years, so I hope I'm wrong. Um, I want to play all these guys. I mean, John Brown, uh, Willie Snead at just $14 in our DFS game. I have Collins as my RB11 right now. I mean, the Bengals, they're on pace to allow the most yards in, in NFL history, although not the most yards per play this year. That's that's the Raiders. I mean, they're fantasy points against so the most for quarterbacks, six most wide receivers, third most running backs. So it's just a great matchup. But obviously, if it is RG3, and I fear it is, <laughs> I, I am downgrading all these other position players on the team. What about yourself, Matt? Yeah, look, I can't I can't disagree with you there. I, I do think that with RG, I think RG3 is going to be the starter right now. If I had to put money on it, I do think it's going to be him. You know, every, again, everybody rushing out there to pick up Lamar Jackson. They kept Robert Griffin III on the roster for a reason, because I think they are more confident in him getting them through a small stretch. Look, John Harbaugh is on the hot seat right now. If they don't think Lamar Jackson can get out there and run the offense and win games, I don't think they'll have any problem throwing RG3 out there, who admittedly had a pretty good preseason. So I, I, that's something that we, we do have to discuss. I think he looked good in this offense in the preseason. Before we talk on the, the players, the skill position players, and I, I want to break that down, what about either of Griffin or Jackson? If they take the field, are you playing these guys? I mean, we have six teams on bye this week. Both have rushing ability, which boosts up your floor. Would you even consider, what, in what scenario would you consider starting Robert Griffin III in fantasy? All right, so right now I have Flacco just penciled in as my QB20, uh, knowing that I'm probably going to have to move that. I, I thought in my head tentatively that I'd leave in Jackson right there, similarly, just because of the rushing upside and the matchup. But RG3, I'd probably lower five or six spots and just mm. lower all the guys more. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm off there and you can talk to me otherwise. You said he, he, looked, he looked good in the preseason, but that's kind of where I stand. I'm lowering RG3, and you'd have to be the deepest of QB2 leagues for me if he gets a nod here, even in the, in the plus matchup. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Uh, I, I don't think it's exciting if Griffin gets out there the matchup is great though the Bengals have just been getting trounced on defense obviously the Saints walked up walked up and down them they have big problems in the linebacker position which would be nice for a mobile quarterback but it's also worth noting as I said he looked good in the preseason but my god was terrible with the Browns the last time we saw him in a real NFL game so on those skill position players as you mentioned you might downgrade some of these guys 
with John Brown, the volume's there. I think you can still roll him out there and kind of expect similar results no matter which one of these quarterbacks is back there. And that's that he's going to be a boom or bust wide receiver three right now. The volume is there for him to be a wide receiver two, but the quarterback production is a big problem. For the running backs, though, Alex Collins has had major volume troubles all year. Joe Flacco leads the NFL in pass attempts. They really have just not established the running game at all. I actually think no matter which quarterback gets back there as the starter, I think is good news for Alex Collins, as long as it's not Joe Flacco. Uh, yeah, I probably won't move him too much either way. And I hear you about the volume, but at least he returned to getting the goal line carries before the bye. Yes. A little bit involved as a receiver. And I just really, really like the matchup here. So I, as I said, I have him as a top 15 guy. And I, I'm probably not changing that, you know, regardless of quarterback situation. Cool. Yeah, I'm with you. Sounds like we're on the same page with Alex Collins. All right, let's move into some big games that we've got this week. And we've got two. Uh, obviously, we're going to start with the Raiders and Cardinals. Of course, yes. As I said, the Raiders, most yards per play this year. Very, very exciting. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, no, but for real, we're going to talk the two high-scoring games of the week. And the first one is Eagles at Saints. And, uh, oh, by the way, did you know, listeners and loyal fans of the Fantasy Podcast, that Fantasy Football Live, our flagship fantasy show, pre-gaming every Sunday, we're going to be live from New Orleans. Uh, I'll be down there capturing things on the ground. I'm actually going to be doing my two halftime shows, so you can watch those on social media at 2.30 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Eastern time from New Orleans. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. I I think that people, if you're in New Orleans, come and check us out, hang out there, and let's talk about this game uh, that we're going to see. The the Saints offense is incredible right now, Dalton. Uh, They're averaging, like, they score on 61% of their drives right now. The second-place team, is at 40%. That's how good they are on offense. But do you think they're going to drag the Eagles offense into a good game here? Can we? What can we expect from some of these guys on Philadelphia? And I notably want to pick your brain about Golden Tate. Yeah, the spread's approaching nine points, which is pretty crazy against the defending Super Bowl champs, or, champs who are mostly healthy, although aside from their secondary, but we'll get to that. Golden Tate played just 29 snaps last week. Uh, I thought the coach was kind of playing it coy and, and saying that he was going, you know, oh, we're going to keep it tight, his game plan, and they're going to unleash him more, but that was not the case. So I'm thinking Aguilar more, more in the slot either way, and P.J. Williams has allowed the most fantasy points to that area this year. So you're firing up all these guys in the high over-under. Even Tate, I'm kind of going blind faith, and I mm. do expect him to be more involved. I ranked him inside my top 30. Um, yeah, so on the other side, the Saints, uh, left tackle Armstead is out. And Traquan Smith was the guy I used in this week's column or booms, breakouts, and busts. Nice. The Eagles have yielded the second most fantasy points to his primary side. And as I stated, their, their secondary is just totally crazily devastated with injuries. So who knows with him? I mean, the guy didn't receive a single target last week in a game in which they scored 51 points. But And I've, and I've called him before, and he's put up a goose egg before. But I'm going back to the well one more time with Traquan Smith. But as you said, here's a, the second game of, the, of this week to uh, start all your dudes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is definitely start all your dudes. And I'm with you on Golden Tate. Uh, I think they just need some juice in that offense right now. I mean, they have been pretty poor. Uh, so definitely... I'm in. I'm into that one. They need. They need to help. What about the backfield though? We've got Adams making a big run at things. The rookie out of Notre Dame. I, I'm excited about him, man. Look, I know he hasn't had a much volume, but he has been super efficient on his touches. He's been really good uh, as just a pure banger running back. Do you have any interest in stashing him or even playing him this week? For sure, I have interest. I don't watch much college, but I do Notre Dame just because it was the. 
you know, the story was on is when I was a child all the time on NBC or whatever, ABC. And now, and now I continue to, to watch it whenever it's on in the background on Saturdays. And he impressed me. He certainly looked good, uh, passed the eye test. So I'm not surprised that he's doing well as a pro. He's certainly the back I would want the most in Philadelphia. And I have stashed him in a couple leagues. But this week, the Saints have that funnel defense, you know, the 28th ranked pass DVOA third run. Surprise, I mean, they are stout against the run. So it's not, not the greatest matchup for opposing backs. I don't love either any of these three options. But for the future, for sure, Adams is a guy that pops on tape. Definitely. Yeah, you definitely want to just be stashing these guys right now. Uh, and speaking of stashes, Brandon Marshall's back in our lives, Dalton. Uh, producer Brett made a great that meme of the two girls and the guys looking uh, longingly at the one walking away. And the two girls are, yeah. of course, Des Bryant and Brandon Marshall. Des's cup of coffee with the Saints is over. We've got Brandon Marshall. You Do you have any, even the slightest bit of interest in Brandon Marshall? Because I can tell you I'm a strong no on this one. First of all, I think I'm officially an old man because I always have to like triple take that meme and like try to think what it means. Like, wait, who's jealous of whom? And like try try to figure it out. So I'm, <laughs> I'm really bad. I'm really, really awfully bad at that. Maybe it's just a, a weak spot of mine, but absolutely not interested in Brandon Marshall. I'd like to see him return to inside the NFL before I would see like to see him on a football field again. So no thanks. Obviously a nice setup. And I don't know why they keep trying to take targets away from my guy, Traquan Smith here. But no thanks for Marshall, even in the deepest of leagues. I dig it. All right, let's move on to Monday Night Football. Of course, we know that the game was relocated from Mexico City to L.A. due to field concerns. Is this the biggest fantasy game that we've ever seen? I mean, it has the biggest over-under, right? Uh, 63 and a half points is what it opened up with. Our colleague Scott Pinowski wrote about this and wrote about just the Chiefs offense in general and what they're doing to break fantasy right now. Is there anybody that you're worried about in this game? Is there any matchup that has you a little concerned? Or is it, as we said, is it just literally start all the dudes? Yeah, I mean, definitely check out the Scott Pianowski pick. I mean, what is there more to say about this game than to start everyone? I, I came across this PFF stat that was suggesting that the Rams offensive line has the biggest advantage uh, of all this week. And that's like not taking into account, you know, it's Todd Gurley, the system and the over-under. So, wow, he might just go even more crazy than usual. I have Watkins, my highest rank of the year and it's not just because it's a revenge game woods and cooks both oh, of my man, top I forgot eight wide this is receiver a revenge game for that's right yeah i forgot yeah, yeah you know it. so so yeah i mean it's, it's gonna be a super fun game and it's great that it's in prime time and i'm glad that they're not messing around with the sod and it's interesting that the point spread changed two points going from neutral to la and all that all that backdrop too so yeah this is a, obviously just must watch tv get your popcorn ready and all that yeah no doubt about it on the chief's side too you know you mentioned that the Chiefs give up a ton of production to running backs. Hey, the Rams uh, aren't looking so hot themselves. Aren't looking so hot themselves uh, on the defensive side of the football. I felt like every Rashad Penny run went for double-digit yards last week. Uh, and, like, Rashad Penny's a guy who's done nothing all season. The Rams really have issues on that front. I think there's a pretty decent chance that Kareem Hunt could even outproduce Todd Gurley in this game. I mean, look, we could go back and forth about all these guys that we really like, but there's just so much appeal there. The one matchup I mentioned is that receiver position with Josh Reynolds. I think he's a guy you want to throw out there. And it is worth noting that the Chiefs' best cover corner is, in fact, slot corner Kendall Fuller. So be watching for that deployment. But as I mentioned, you're starting all the players here. So let's move into our next segment. It's at me. Don't at me, bro. Where you ask us, or you give us, really honestly, like we're asking you things and then you're giving us your takes because you kn we know how people love to give their opinions on social media. That's pretty much what it's for. So we asked you all 
Uh, this is the last six-team bye week right now, and we were asking you which bench players that you hope go off this week that you have to rely on. You gave us some interesting responses. Uh, Scoopski Potatoes. This is my le- – look, Dalton, this is my least favorite part of the job is trying to read people's stupid Twitter <laughs> handles. Scoopski Potatoes. He said Derrick Henry with the little throw-up emer- emoji. What do you think about Derrick Henry this week? Because I got to tell you, I think that this Titans-Colts game is really intriguing from a fantasy perspective. I think it goes over its 48-point total. Yeah, Colts, uh, highest fast-paced team. I am really like a lot of a lot of players in this game, but more so on the, on the passing side. Uh, Deion Lewis is getting a lot of touches. But Derrick Henry, four, tu- four touchdowns the last three games, so you're kind of relying on that. But um, sure, kind of a boomer bust type guy, but uh, in, in, a league, uh, in a week with six buys, he makes some sense. Yeah, yeah, it's it's total boomer bust. You know, he had the two touchdowns last week, but those were pure red zone plunges. That's definitely a concern. Matt Neal kind of brings up a similar uh, running back play here with Jordan Howard. I think this is a good game for Tariq Cohen coming up with uh, the injuries that the Vikings have on defense. They've actually given up over 10 yards per catch to running backs this year. Uh, Anthony Barr is a player who's struggled in coverage a bit. Do you have any interest in Jordan Howard? Do you, or should I say, do you have any hope for Jordan Howard in this game? I, I ranked him aggressively last week, four touchdowns the previous three games in a good matchup at home. You know, Detroit had been getting killed against the run. They score, what, 34 points, and he puts up 1.9 yards per carry, held out of the end zone. So I, I have him outside my running back twos because you mentioned the matchup points more to Cohen, who's just jumps off the tape. I mean, just looks like the better real-life player as well. So um, I don't love Howard, but I, I mean, I have him kind of ranked similarly to Derrick Henry. Yeah, no, that makes sense. They're definitely two boomer bust guys. Like, if you're using these players, good luck to you because you have no floor there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, I think, purely a floor and no ceiling is Doug Diamond's suggestion of Doug Martin. The Dugs are sticking together here. Doug Martin goes up against the Arizona Cardinals defense, who's been run on more than anybody else in the NFL. It's theoretically a good matchup, but I don't I don't love playing guys like Doug Martin. You know, it, the quote-unquote starting back designation doesn't do much for me when it's for an offense like the Oakland Raiders. I made Arizona my best bet this week. I want no part of Martin. You mentioned the fantasy points allowed for the Arizona defense, but that's been a lot game script. And yes. they're a six-point favorite this week. And they're they're like, look at DVOA. They're a perfectly competent defensive team. I think they... They they run on this 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 Oakland team is totally checked out as I mentioned they've allowed the most yards per play in the NFL and Doug Martin um, no thanks for me yeah I'm with you gross get me out of here uh, so I'm gonna get out of here to, to toss it to our friends Brad and Andy for their Rock'em Sock'em Rank segment fellas take it away welcome in to another thrilling edition of Rock'em Sock'em ranks. Andy Barrons, you levied an uppercut, and I'm still starry-eyed as a result of it uh, from last week because you, you swept. You broke out the broom. You killed me across the board Woo! in your three predictions. You now lead the season series three to two. How do you feel about that? I'm really I'm really coming into my own in this game that we kind of invented on the fly midseason. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling good about it. I had a terrible week in uh, the Guru Challenge DFS nonsense last week. So this is all I have to cling to right at this moment. Uh, you're basically the Aaron Jones of this Rock'em Sock'em contest, a guy that's just flourishing midseason. So congratulations on that. All right, let's move to a couple of actual disputes that we have and both at the wide receiver position. Let's start with Larry Fitzgerald, Larry Legend, a guy who's just been peppered with targets here, Uh, you know, kind of undulated results the last couple of weeks. But 
got a nice matchup, uh, at least on the surface, against the Oakland Raiders. Where do you have Larry ranked this week, Barons? Oh, I've got him solidly top 20. I think he's 18, 19 in my ranks right now. You look at the last three weeks, uh, it's 30 targets for him. So the targets have, have bounced right back to where we expected they would be all along. He's been great under the Byron Leftwich regime. He's got two touchdowns over those last uh, uh, three weeks. And this week, it's the Raiders. The Raiders defense on the season allowing 9.1 yards per pass attempt. That is the worst in the league. They are obviously a tanking defense, a tanking team. Uh, I expect Fitzgerald to have a big day here. Okay, here's my issue with Larry Fitzgerald. And again, I think your supportive evidence there is accurate. The big issue that I have is he's had some friendly matchups and has not taken advantage. Take, for example, last week against Kansas City. Now, you might say to yourself, well, the Chiefs have shown a ton of improvement in terms of pass defense, but the one vulnerability of Kansas City was in the slot where Larry Fitzgerald primarily lines up. And he saw Kendall Fuller, who on the year has given up a 101.5 pass rate in his assignments. He saw the 10 targets, caught six passes, encouraging, but only for 50 yards and didn't find the end zone. So some unsatisfactory results despite a friendly matchup. And I think the same logic applies this week. And the Raiders, believe it or not, rank middle of the pack in terms of fantasy points allowed to the wide receiver position. I think it will be a serviceable day. I have him ranked as wide receiver 25, so the highest wide receiver three in 12-team leagues. But I'm thinking like, you know, six, seven receptions, probably 65 to 75 yards, no touchdown. I just want to say we should not be comparing the Raiders' defense to defenses that are actually trying. <laughs> well, maybe maybe in the MAC, uh, maybe <laughs> maybe at the Division Two level is a possibility. But yeah, I mean, it's, God, they're horrendous. Uh, and boy, I just want easy money. Did you take that under bet? On wins total in Vegas with me at plus 115. It was at eight back in July when I wagered on I that. did. Yes, I did. Ah, that's easy. I mean, that was just cash money. I'm already reeling in it. So my kids, they're actually going to be able to go to college now. So congratulations, <laughs> children. You, you can attend the local junior college as a result of daddy cashing that <laughs> ticket. Uh, all right, let's move on to another wide receiver dilemma here. Uh, Corey Davis. Uh, I've got him. Similar to Larry Fitzgerald, uh, I've actually moved him up into the back-end wide receiver two range, but you got him as a top 20 guy. I'm guessing you're following the same line of logic with Davis as you did with Larry Fitzgerald. It's all about the targets. Yeah, keep moving him, Brad. Keep moving him. You're, you're almost there. Um, so <laughs> 10 targets last week, 125 receiving yards and a touchdown. 10 targets the week before, seven targets the week before that. It's not always pretty. It's not always, you know, everything you'd want it to be for Marcus Mariota. But on volume alone, it's hard not to like Davis, hard not to consider him at least a wide receiver, too. Uh, this week, it's Indianapolis. That Indianapolis defense, in terms of yards per attempt so far this season, ranks 25th in the league. It is a vulnerable defense. He is the clear number one option there. Um, I like him. I can't imagine not ranking him as a wide receiver, too. I think it's just me being disgruntled about the fact that I have so many shares of Corey Davis. Some of those, Buddy, you got to get gruntled. Get regruntled. I, 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 I need to. I, I need a shot at tequila and get back in that saddle. But he has burned me so many times this year that I'm just bitter. I'm just I'm bitter Betsy about this. He did that against, you know, look at what he did against uh, St uh, Stephon Gilmore last week. One of the better DBs in the league, as you mentioned, uh, 10 targets, seven catches, 125 yards and a touchdown. He's seen right around 31 percent of the target share. It's absurd. But Indy, much like Oakland, you know, on the surface, you're thinking great matchup. But the Colts have allowed the 10th fewest fantasy points to the wide receiver position. Uh, I think it's going to be once again, I'm going to use that S word. Uh, not the four-letter version, serviceable 
for Corey Davis, but not spectacular in terms of fantasy production. Six to eight receptions, uh, maybe flirts with 75, 80 yards, but I don't think he finds the end zone. It just seems like him and Marcus Mariota largely haven't been on the same page when inside the 20. So we're going to agree to disagree there. And once again, uh, you're going to go chim chimney, chim chim charu, break out the sweeper and probably you know, win in dominating fashion once again yeah, in this competition. I will. Yeah, I will. All right. Hey, uh, don't forget, come see us in New Orleans, would you, this weekend? Please. Because we're, we're taking fantasy football live on the road. Eddie Barron's is going to the historic, is it Algiers Courthouse? Uh, Super excited about it. A very special all-ages family edition of Fantasy Court. Uh, they're week. sending me to a casino. Uh, hopefully, uh, that is, uh, if they give me some money, I, I could turn that $100 into 100000 in an instant. So hopefully that'll happen at Harris, but we're going to be there just outside the Superdome covering uh, all of the spectacular tailgating that goes on. And of course, uh, preceding the Saints Eagles game uh, there in the Crescent City. So if you're in the area, please come by and see us. We're going to be what champion square, if I'm not mistaken. First time ever. I think it's the first time ever in documented history that a fantasy football show uh, that tapes live on a Sunday is actually out of a studio and on the road. So we're breaking. Yeah, we're right also going to learn if we can put your bail on the corporate card. <laughs> Bring on the zip ties. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's definitely going to happen. So definitely tune into that. And good luck this week. Kind of Barons uh, and Rock'em Sock'em ranks. Back to you. Finally, quaffed and handsome Matthew Harmon. Well, that was great. Uh, There's a lot of hitting, a lot of emotion, so much good stuff. I can't wait to spend an entire weekend with those two jokers uh, in New Orleans. Let's hope all three of us come back alive and uh, with no legal issues on our record. Uh, Dalton, let's jump into our DFS bargain and fade segments for week 11. Why don't you take it off with uh, some of your bargains of the week? Sure, I'll throw a few at you. I like the Chargers defense at just $12. It's a second uh, cheapest price you can get for a defense. Uh, Case Keenan this year on the road. Four games, nine interceptions, slash fumbles, 14 sacks. Really like the setup and price there. Corey Davis at $16. We mentioned the Indies, such a fast-paced team. I expect that game to go over. I think you said that. I, I really like that to be more of a high-scoring game this week than the, the over-under suggests. Mike Evans at just $22. That's too cheap for me. I know he's coming off two back-to-back poor games. Maybe that makes his ownership lower. Giants have allowed the second-most fantasy points to his side and the fewest to the slot this season. I think Evans could be overlooked just because coming off two quiet games. And then finally, Ezekiel Elliott at just $25. He's my running back two this week in that matchup. I just Ooh. love the matchup against Atlanta. And there are so many good running back matchups this week at that price. He just really jumps out to me. What do you think in Harmon? I, I like your calls a lot there, especially that Mike Evans one. He was somebody I can't remember if I did or did not throw him in my DFS lineup for uh, the one we all do together. And I I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't think I did end up going with him, but he was somebody I considered. That $22 is too cheap to me in a really good spot. Janoris Jenkins has been just getting cooked this year. Um, I also really like your pick of Ezekiel Elliott and how that's kind of like a sometimes you can still be expensive, but also be a bargain. And my bargain like that this week is David Johnson. I think he's going to be super popular. Uh, So maybe you do pivot to Zeke in another really good matchup for running backs. But look, we haven't gotten David Johnson in a spot like this all season. He's a home favorite. He's a home favorite, man. We don't get that very often with David Johnson, but it is nice when you have a team that's quitting right now in the Oakland Raiders. 
Uh, he has 48 touches since Byron left, which took over as the offensive coordinator. I still can't believe, and I'll keep saying it every time until the season is is over, that we are talking about Byron Leftwich as not just an offensive coordinator, but one we're actually kind of excited about, Dalton. It's amazing. Totally on board here. As I said, Arizona, my favorite bet of the week. There's some interesting running back situations this week or decisions to make, you know, obviously considering prices and whatnot. But Kamara, Kamara versus Barkley is one. I am with you with David Johnson. He's my number five running back this week ahead of Melvin Gordon and, and Kareem Hunt. I mean, you mentioned it. I mean, Hunt might score three touchdowns Monday night, but there's so many good good matches this week. I have McCaffrey down to eight. So love David Johnson, that matchup and that price. So totally with you. He's a he's an excellent DFS target. Yeah, and there's as you mentioned, there's a lot of good running back matchups down there on the latter end. And one guy that I'll throw out there is Deion Lewis, uh, $19 at our Yahoo game. He did not get the price, price boost that I think his role justifies, obviously because we saw him on, go go out on Monday night and not, do much of anything against the or do do have a big game on Monday night against the Dallas Cowboys, uh, but didn't get the price adjustment from there. And then last week he's held the role, still had 20 carries and a really positive game script. I think this is going to be a game where the Colts and the Titans, it turns into a shootout. It gets aggressive from a scoring perspective. I think Deion Lewis could beat up on a team that's top 10, I think top five actually, and catches allowed to the running back position. This is a real great spot for Deion Lewis. I mentioned Tariq Cohen, same price, $19, but he's more of a risky Hail Mary type throw. Um, and also, I'll just just throw this out there too. Everybody's going to be on Camara. Mark Ingram, $15. He's totally a risky boomer bust, touchdown, big play dependent guy. But in this game with this high over under, He's still worth considering, even though the margin for error is very thin there. Yeah, I believe the Eagles defense, uh, they they didn't allow a lot of fantasy points early on against the run, but their rush DVOA is like in the mid-20s and whatnot. But totally with you on, on Deion Lewis. So at 23 touches and then 22 touches the last two games. And after starting well against the run, playing, playing, playing pretty well, the Colts, uh, the last six weeks, they've been totally opposite, getting getting blown away. So Balt- so my my fade, I would say, this week, it's, it's kind of obvious maybe, but Joe Mixon at $25. Yeah. Now he's actually sitting out too with a, a knee injury. But I, I had thought of this one and written it down here before I even knew that, before he was limited in practice. No way at that price. He's not even a top 20 running back for me. Baltimore's allowed the fewest fantasy points to the running back position. So he's the obvious fade to me. What about, what about yourself, Matt? Do you have a fade? Well, let me ask you on that real quick. So I, I agree with you that if Joe, if Joe Mixon was healthy, he'd be a fade. No question about it, because we saw the, the outcome of what happens when you remove a true Hall of Fame type caliber player, difference maker in A.J. Green. This Bengals offense falls apart. And we know that offenses dictate running back success. We saw Mixon get 13 touches when the Bengals couldn't establish a drive. But if he sits out, do you have any interest in playing Gio Bernard at a much bigger discount? Obviously still the same rough matchup, but $13 as opposed to what you're paying for Mixon is it's kind of tempting to then go with Gio. Yeah, and I like backs who catch the ball as a far better and tougher matchups, too, so he doesn't have to rely on a, a better yards per carry whatnot. Assuming he's healthy, you know, uh, Bernard would be definitely more interesting to me at, at half his price, far more interesting to me than Mixon. What, let me ask your opinion on Tyler Boyd. I was very bullish mm, on him yeah. last week, and I don't think I'm just being, like, upset in my ranking. I just really think that it, it proved, you know, just in that setup and then in this matchup, I have him all the way down to 27th, and I, there always something pops up on Fantasy Pros. Like, you have this guy ranked so much lower than the industry would ever, and that, it's always every Every week, I call it the Larry Fitzgerald corollary with, for myself because he pops <laughs> up every time I hit, I hit, I hit rankings. But uh, this week, Boyd has popped up. So what do you think about him? Do you think he can still be competent? I'm overreacting to one poor week. Is he still the number one guy there? 
Well, I think he'll be the favorite to lead the team in targets week in and week out. But the issue, again, is just the fact that you remove sometimes when you remove a chunk of the pie or you remove a slice of the pie when it's such a big difference maker to the team like A.J. Green, the entire pie gets smaller. And I think that's what happened with the Bengals offense last week. This whole the ingredients now, they still you're still using a ton of Tyler Boyd, but it just isn't making as pleasant of a tasty treat there in the Bengals offense right now. And basically, while Tyler Boyd is still a good player, he is still purely a slot receiver. I I love slot receivers, don't get me wrong, but we have seen time and time again that when you remove the offensive difference maker from the outside, that interior receiver really struggles to produce as the top player. It's different when you're using, you know, you're taking your top guy like an Adam Thielen or a Juju Smith-Schuster, these top tier receivers and playing them in the slot. But it's it's a much different situation here. So I'm with you on being negative about Boyd. I was not bullish on him last week because of this. And maybe that was just a little bit of confirmation bias on my part. But I agree with your take here. He's not some I still think he's worthy of a start, but I'm not expecting a big upside each week because of that. Right. I just moved him down to more of a wide receiver three having to do something else, as you said. And also, I will say if RG three starts that game. They're going to really ugly this up. Yeah. This is going to be a ton of runs and just going to be just boring and just not a lot of passing and just a really ugly game. Yeah, that's a really good point, too. Uh, if he does start, I think that should be a real slow paced game player. I'm fading uh, at the running back position. I think another one that might be a little obvious because of injury situations. But if Royce Freeman goes, I'm out on Philip Lindsay uh, in DFS at twenty two dollars. Uh, he's somebody that, you know, and and. Freeman practiced on Wednesday. He's on track to return against the Chargers. I was cool with this Denver backfield because Devontae Booker is still in the picture, you know, still taking snaps, not doing too much. But if if Lindsay's the starting running back still, I think he's more of like a 70 total yards type player and not great touchdown odds when the backfield is split three ways. He's a player that I'm thinking about fading there at the running back position. A wide receiver, you know, the options up top are really good. In general, there's a lot of guys I want to play. T.Y. Hilton at $21. I definitely want to play him. Uh, he's somebody that I think the some of the, some people in the industry are off. Others are on. There should be some split ownership there. I'm actually going to fade Adam Thielen this week in favor of Stefan Diggs. I'm going to project Stefan Diggs, who's $27, to Adam Thielen's 36 I'm going to take him over Thielen because, look, Diggs, surprisingly, is the healthier player right now. Adam Thielen's coming in questionable. Not a big, big deal, but something to monitor there. Thielen doesn't have a great history against the Chicago Bears, uh, who have been you know, kind of generous to wide receivers, but more outside receivers than slot receivers. So uh, Thielen's a guy that, with so many other good options at the top of the wide receiver range, I'm probably not going to pay up for his price this week. Yeah, I'm with you on the Thielen call. Uh, I'll actually just say more general thing as far as wide receivers. I mean, I could definitely not fault anyone for taking Michael Thomas this week in that shootout, but I would suggest not paying up for wide receiver. I mean, Julio Jones, mm. you know, who knows if the red zones will come back. Tough matchup. Byron Jones, uh, Antonio Brown against Jacksonville. I'm paying up for these running backs. I, I, nice. I think in my optimal lineup, I, 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 I bunched in, I jammed in Kamara, David Johnson, and Elliott. Uh, I think there are receivers bargains. I mentioned Corey Davis. I like Galladay and Cooper this week. I like T.Y. Hilton as well. So that would be my general strategy. Pay down at wide receiver. I think you can really pay up for these running backs. Yeah, uh, Brett might punch me if I ask you one more follow-up question, but I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, right. <laughs> on that, on this Sunday night game, because I'm looking at, you know, you're talking about bargain receivers. Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller 
are 19 or $20 for Anthony Miller and 18 for Allen Robinson. That's good for Anthony Miller, the most expensive Chicago receiver. How do you expect this game to go? Do you think it's going to be kind of a slow defensive Sockham game, or do you think this is going to turn high scoring and we want to throw these bargain receivers like Robinson and Miller into our lineups and Cohen as an extension in the backfield? I like Rob. I mean, Robinson looked great last week and looked finally healthy. He was not lying, but I, I worry that Rhodes may shadow him. So I lowered him in my rankings. Miller just looks really good. He looks like the real deal, a future star, but I don't love this matchup whatsoever for Chicago. Uh, Trubisky, I've been wrong on as far as fantasy quarterback, my weekly rankings from time to time, but I expect this to be a lower scoring game. And it's always fun in the DFS Yahoo game to put in uh, Sunday night players. So you have the hammer possibly. Yes. But um, this week I found myself actually for the first time in our thing, um, not doing it. So uh, I, I'm actually staying away from this game fantasy wise yeah i think this could go two different directions because we've seen you know the minnesota vikings are a great example when they went into the la Rams stadium you know back on that thursday night game probably the last like good thursday night game we've gotten pending the results of tonight with the packers and seahawks we saw like offense greater than greater than defense here in 2018 this is a stiffer test the bears defense is legit uh khalil mack is back Kirk Cousins has been really strong under pressure this year, but there should be waves of it in this game here. I think there's a chance this one gets high scoring just because we know there's talent on the Vikings offense. And if they can keep that pass rush at bay, that should be big there. And these two, um, let me tell you, these two Bears receivers, here's my hot, hot take on them, Dalton. I think this is a top five wide receiver group this time next year. That is what I'm so excited about with this team Doug Baldwin is the Anthony Miller comp to me, and everybody knows how I feel about Allen Robinson. I think this game could get high scoring. So if you think Dalton's smarter than me, go with the low scoring perspective. If you think I'm at least pretty, you can go with me at the uh, at the as the high scoring perspective. But that is gonna guaranteed do it. shootout. Guaranteed <laughs> shootout Sunday night. Guaranteed. There we go. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us here on our week 11 preview edition of the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy, where you can submit all your questions. Make sure you watch us in New Orleans. Uh, Hello, Liz, Andy, Brad. Uh, They'll all be on air. Tank Williams, Nicole, we'll we'll all be out there. It's going to be a lot of fun if you're in the area. Come check us out there outside the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, of course, and you can stream it on yahoosports.com slash fantasy or on the Yahoo Sports app, or on Twitter, on Facebook. You can watch it so many places. And make sure you're watching Halftime with Harmon there, too. Just use the hashtag on Twitter. For uh, Dalton, he's at Dalton Del Don. I am Matt Harmon underscore BYB on Twitter. Dalton and Scott will be back here on the Sunday night podcast with their week 11 reaction. And until then, we're out of here.